Hello, and welcome to this special episode, the Succession Recaps on ATN Betches. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen, and I am so excited to be here, Sammy. <laughs> I know. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be. So it is. Are, are you all right? So Succession hasn't started yet, the new season. We are going to be recapping every episode, every Monday in these bonus episodes. Our usual episodes are Thursday, as you know, for all you at Betches fans, but ATN Betches is coming Monday. So just to prime all of us for this new season and final season, which is, can't believe they dropped that on us. We are going to recap basically the last episode, the finale of the last season, the third season, and also just generally talk about last season, what we think this season has for us in store. First, before we should tell all the listeners, why us? Why are we even doing this? Um, Sammy, you go first. I mean, this is like our sweet spot. We are right in between like an amazing HBO show about rich people behaving badly, our favorite type of show in general. And you know, as business people ourselves, I would like to think that we have, you know, a pretty good understanding of the market. You know, I think I think that this is just like our our safe space. Like if if you had to tell me, if you had to like put together something for us to podcast about, this is it. There's nothing better. I've been watching Succession all weekend. I just want to also say that I planted my stake in the ground season one when the show came out and I said, this is the best show on television. It is such a good show. I'm obsessed with it. I've watched every season maybe four times and I just love it so much. I love the dialogue. It's just everything. You know what I love about the show? <laughs> and we're going to get into this first, but what this is what love? I love about the show. That there's there's so much subtext in every conversation and there's always things for you to like figure out that happens behind the scenes. Like it's not like every scene is jam packed with like information and things and clues and what's happening, like for you to understand what's going on in the plot because the conversations aren't so straightforward. So, and that's what makes it fun and funny and entertaining to watch. But like for you to be like steps ahead and like to figure out who is doing what you have to like kind of extrapolate data and information from what you're watching. And that's what I love about it is that it's not so obvious. It's, it's while a lot of their dialogue is like so absurd and crazy and on the nose, like it's actually kind of subtle and oh, like yeah. plot wise. And I like, I just love it. It's just so fucking brilliant. I mean, even as I was rewatching it, I was catching lines that I didn't I didn't catch the first time. I was like, this is so fucking I was actually cracking up aloud at some of the things that I had not even noticed the first few viewings I had done. But the other thing that I did this this time around was, as you're saying, I think in the past I hadn't paid as much attention to the like business nuances. Mm -hmm. You know, I would sort of like zone out on that. Sound familiar? But I <laughs> – but and I would pay attention to like the relationships. But this time I was watching it for the business nuances and I actually feel that that's where all the clues of what will happen yeah. are are hidden. Because one might perceive that it's a question of screwing each other over as people. But in reality, it's all sort of just based on like the shares of the business that they're plotting yeah. based on. Not really like anything relational. They don't care about each other. No. It's also based in history. It's based in like the Murdochs. The first season is very copy and paste to what actually happened. And there is the Murdoch 
documentary out where is that on hbo and like even rupert like has a heart attack on a boat not in a helicopter and like they all go to a hospital it's basically a lot of the same thing happens and his sons are arguing too over oh yeah i'm sure all of this is gonna keep coming up and our love for the show is just gonna just just be I don't want to say the word squirting, but it's coming out <laughs> through the pool for our pores. But I feel like we should get into the episode. Ooze it. Ooze it. It's oozing. It's not squirting. Yeah. I have a loss for words. <laughs> I just am excited. So going into the show, this our show, we're going to have all these great segments. And the first segment is our shareholder earnings report, which is how we rate this episode. So every week during the final season, we are going to start with our rating of the episode. It is going to be our personal rating from one to five way stars for what we thought the episode <laughs> earned. What would you have given the finale of season three? I give this a five. This was jam packed. This every single scene. I could, I almost could not choose my favorite scene when I was going through and like I couldn't figure out my favorite moment I mean, I did eventually <laughs> after a lot of deliberation, but there was just so much good, juicy dialogue and like, like some really funny, some just like so witty and just some just like dark and like, like y- y- and you're trying to figure out whose side you're on. And then you realize who's right. Like, I just I just love this fucking episode. And it was also so good in the moment. It wasn't one of those two where, like, the penultimate episode w- was better than the finale. And the finale just kind of closed, just tied the knots. Like, this one was, like, so much more fucking dramatic than the, the one before. So I give it a five. It It went out with a bang. What do you think? I have to give it a five as well. Um, not to just be, you know, not to just be full of praise for, for Waystar Royco. It was just a good episode. Our first episode, but it really was so good. Now, do you want to recap the whole episode and we can talk about what happens yes. so everyone will get used to how we're going to be doing these episodes and then we'll move on to our next segment. Okay. So first thing that happens in this episode is you open up with Logan reading to Kendall's son because at this point, we, the audience, do not are left with a cliffhanger where we think that Kendall has like killed himself on the floaty, like accidentally, the, all the, potentially, accidentally or whatever, has drank himself to death after that like crazy conversation he has with his dad, and where he think he's like willing to have his son kind of test like the poisoned mozzarella, just all of that, and so you, he ha- you ha- you see that floating scene. And I remember like everybody talking about it, like, oh my God, is he dead? Is he alive? Is he alive? Is he alive? Is he alive? Well, he's alive and he just, (laughs) they're all playing like Monopoly. The kids are are sitting under like a palapa, an Italian palapa. (laughs) And Kendall's alive. And it's funny because Comfrey comes out and she, one of the great lines was like, they kept him overnight. I don't know why. I don't speak Italian, but no media pickup. So all good. <laughs> and he's fine. And he comes out starting to talk about how he's discussing putting all his communications on the last five years on Insta. And, you know, he's still still doing the Kendall thing. But this is all basically a setup. They all fake that they care. Although I truly believe, and I, I wrote this down as a note for later, our later conversation, but I really believe that Roman cares 
no one else really does, but Roman cares about Kendall the most. And you could feel it, especially in the scene think when they're like. Cares? No, eh, Connor's just. I think Connor, Connor. cares about all of them because because if you remember, there's a scene that comes like a, a little bit later yeah. where the four of them are all having lunch or the something. sibling lunch and the sibling lunch. And then Kendall's like, I'm so upset because I was the firstborn. This was supposed to be me. And Connor's like, I'm the firstborn son. I am our father's firstborn son. And he, and he actually expresses that he's frustrated because none of them care about him. And he feels like he cared about them. He wanted a relationship and none of them really cared I about know. him at all, which is, I think kind of true. Like Connor's, Connor's like a dick, but he does, I think, want a relationship with his siblings. I think so, too. But he's also just like very, very far removed from like the world, like life. Like, yeah. he's just, he, you know, he he's wants to marry his an escort that he's hired. He's running for president. I don't rate Connor as like a person. A person. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's not a but that serious mean person. He can't. No, I don't. But but. Between the like close siblings, I I really believe that Roman is the only one who like really loves Kendall and like cares about him. You know, I actually think it's not just just uh, Kendall that Roman cares about. I actually think Roman shadily has a little bit of a soft spot because at the end of um season two, when they're on the yacht and Connor announces that he's going steady with Willa. Do you remember like where he yeah is like. He's like, I have a big announcement. He's like, we're going steady. Roman first is like, okay, like eighth grader. But then he's like, I'm happy for you, man. I think Roman has like love to give. Yeah. But he just. He doesn't know how. It's been sort of like beaten out of him. You know what's interesting? You mentioned Iverson, that that the episode opened with him with Logan reading to Iverson. The relationship between. I mean, Iverson's the only, like, child, only person in the next generation that's really featured in the show, even though Kendall has more than one kid. Logan has been such an asshole to Iverson throughout this show. Like, do you remember he hit him during the went to market yeah. game? And he then makes him taste, like, the poisoned, <laughs> the yeah. baby poison food. It's like his abuse of the of Kendall's son, I feel like that has to come – back somewhere because it has been a theme throughout the throughout the show possibly yeah the the whole scene was also was very funny like he's like reading him this like iverson just like looks like an older person like he doesn't look like a child who needs to be read to and yeah and then he goes this is a little young for you he goes I, and then the sister goes he likes it sometimes and he goes i sometimes like it and then he goes and then he calls for um, Carrie. Can you get in a book with a little some more some more action? Carrie's like, sure. <laughs> but I think we're gonna get to like the sibling dynamics for when we talk about the scene with them three, like in that back alley where they like kind of let it all out, and because um, that was like a very poignant scene. But yeah, we have to talk about Hans Christian Anderfa. Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a very cranky kid, so I always reach for Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I love Little Sleepies. They are so soft, and they also stretch out a lot, so your kid can 
fit into one size over a longer period of time. There's nothing more annoying than buying one size and then they grow out of it within one month. The prints are just like so cute, but really it is just so soft. The bamboo, like I want my own. Little sleepy zip romper pajamas, aka zippies, were designed with thoughtful details like fold over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make middle of the night diaper changes easier. Made from their buttery soft custom milled Luna Lux bamboo viscose, their zip footy pajamas are gentle and sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. Try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you will never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com. Promo code BATCHES. With steep premiums on perks and off-limit amenities, fitness can end up feeling like a world of no's when all you want is a place that says yes. Fitness should be affordable and extra amenities and perks shouldn't break the bank. That's why the Planet Fitness Black Card is the most inclusive membership. They're removing fitness limitations, giving more access to perks and boosting energy for all. We all know those gyms, you know, the ones with a running list of amenities you don't actually get access to unless you pay additional fees for every use, or those gyms with perks you only get access to on their terms, those restrictions can feel like a letdown, a disappointment, or even a reason to not join at all. But Planet Fitness is changing that. This March, Planet Fitness aims to prove that with the PF Black Card membership, all the perks are actually for all. Their most inclusive membership allows you to bring a friend for free and access all 2,500 locations. You even get access to the Black Card Spa, including the relaxing hydro massage and other amenities. And with a Planet Fitness membership that offers all the perks and doesn't break the bank, you never have to hear that energy-sucking no again. You can try the Planet Fitness Black Card for yourself by visiting planetfitness.com slash gyms. Join today for $1 down, $24.99 a month, Deal ends Friday, March 15th. That's planetfitness.com slash gyms. So that's it. Hey, Matt's it. So that, so that scene basically leads up to Logan screaming for Jerry and <laughs> like they, they need to go see Matson. Yeah. So they, so they end up going to see Matson at his villa in Lake Como, or at least that's where it was shot. And basically they, so they go see him and he kind of says like, I want to take over Waystar instead of you acquiring me. And I will make it really, really sweet for you, Logan. Like I'll give, you know, I'll make it so fucking sweet for you, I think is what he said. So fucking nice for you. So fucking fucking nice for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And Roman is like, he's there, you know, as sort of the number, he's now the number two. But the question of what's going to happen to the rest of the management comes up. And Logan, Logan kind of said he doesn't say fuck off, and Matson picks up that that means like he's open to it. Matson essentially says like maybe we could maybe you could stay behind and we'll talk about an asset swap. Logan at that point dismisses Roman, and it becomes semi clear that Logan is negotiating something behind Roman's back, and what he actually is negotiating, it turns out, is that he is going to get acquired by. Matson and Gojo. Gojo. But he that he needs to switch up a little bit of the shareholders' uh, proportions in order to be able to get away with that. 
And conveniently, he is at his ex-wife Caroline's wedding. She's marrying a guy who seems like he would suck Logan's dick for free. And, and he's basically – Logan is able to reach Caroline and switch up the shares so that he can basically make this acquisition go through and the kids don't really have much say in it. Right, which we don't know yet. But I thought like that scene, how you said like how Logan kind of dismisses Roman. The first time I saw it, like this is what I mean by like the subtext, like you're supposed to figure out what's going on. Like you read between the lines, like you don't actually, he doesn't actually, he goes, this is not happening. But like he communicates with his eyes. And then the way that they like, the camera zooms on Matson communicating with his eyes being like, okay, we need to get rid of Roman, meaning like this is happening and I'm willing to entertain this conversation, but I can't, I have to put on a front that it's not happening to, to Roman. And it was just such a good like scene as a reflection of like the business conversation that we mm-hmm. were having because it's like he would never want to show his cards to his kids. He knew that he, he knows the kids are going to ruin it all because as he says in the preview, you are not serious people. So it's just, it was just like such a, such an amazing conversation. I thought because of just the way that Logan says, I'm willing to do it without actually doing it. Like he's like, I'm excited, but that's what people say. Right. I'm excited about the future, yeah. right? But that's just what people say, you know. Oh, I love it used that. To, it used to be the gentle, the gentle giants with the milk and whatever, and it was just like such a. It just seems so realistic to me about how Logan would be feeling, and then I thought that the the shot of him, Matson has to take a call, and the shot of Logan like looking out into Lake Como and being like on his own and being like making this decision for this massive company in that one split moment being like, okay, I think this is the moment that I'm going to sell this business. I think this is it. And the way it looks out. And then you see him explain that later in the end, the last scene in that room um, when it all comes to a head. But I, I loved it. Do you ever um, feel bad that these people can't just like have a goddamn wedding without having to worry about if their company's going to get acquired during the wedding? It's it's it seems I love very it. stressful. Which like, is you great can't even because- enjoy your money. You can't even enjoy your billion dollar wedding or whatever because you're you're literally like having to keep your shareholders at bay in the middle of the reception. It just seems very stressful. Well, this gets me excited for this next season or the last season because we know Connor's wedding is coming up. So yeah. you know something else is going to happen at Connor's wedding. Did you see the promo of like him and there's these like promo posters? Promo. Oh, me too. Okay, <laughs> great, great. Okay. But okay, speaking of the promo, your point about how we see in the trailer that he says to his kids like, I love you, but you're not serious people. It's almost like if that had been in the second scene of the show. You wouldn't even need a show because that's uh-huh. what the whole sh- – the whole everything has been pointing to is that like they each get a kind of a chance where Logan like brings them in. And to be honest, they each do sort of prove themselves in very uh, particular ways throughout the seasons. Like Shiv convinces the whistleblower to not come through. She gets like the Sandy and Stewie to agree to not take over the company at the shareholder meeting. You just see that he gives them chances. They – do something, but it, he's never happy with them. And at the end of the day, like, he was never going to let them take over, probably, because they're not serious people. 
I yeah, I just don't I don't think he sees them as people who can't who had had any adversity, which is what he says. It, it's like they they can't really catch a break because it's like they were born into the family. They were born into all this richness and this lifestyle and this wealth. And they were told that they're going to get this business. And the reason why that uses against them for why they can't take over the business is because of that. Is right. is because they haven't faced any adversity in life and they feel entitled to it. And so therefore he doesn't think that they can run the company. And that's what it all he explains in the last uh, scene. So the the only adversity they ever have to face is him. And he, they're never going to be able to outsmart him. He has years of experience on them. And they're not a killer. You have to be a killer. Let's go to the next scene. The next scene is that sibling lunch you talked to. I'm the eldest son. It was good. It's basically like this fake intervention that they have. Kendall says he's not, he's he's deflecting or whatever he says, but he's really not. And then it really turns into Connor saying, I'm the eldest son. And he he finally like breaks and yells at Kendall. Oh, you're hurt. I didn't see Pop for three years. Which, do you know why he didn't see Pop for three years? When was I that? don't think they ever said. They don't. He goes, I didn't see Pop for three years, but your spoon wasn't shiny enough, which I fucking loved because like, yeah, like st- it's just, he, he's basically like, stop trying to kill Pop. Like stop trying to kill him. Let's just stop. And I mean, is Kenzo like trying to kill him? Like, I don't think he's really trying to like no, kill him. No, he's trying, no, but kill him meaning like oh. trying to get yeah. him out of the company that he's built. History teaches us not to kill one's father. <laughs> and so it was just I thought that was like a funny scene not my favorite scene of the episode but it's still a good one because we rarely see them all four together talking in that way I mean Connor Connor what is he really complaining about in season two and he goes to Logan and asks for a hundred million dollars <laughs> as just like to shore up his liquidity I love Connor too right oh just help me out with a hundred mil like what and I also know that Connor is going to be even more ridiculous. interesting and ridiculous in this ne- in this last season because he's running. Like the election is important as a plot line oh, for yeah. for this season and ATN and all of that. And because Roman wants Menken, right? And it's going to be good. And Connor like, with the preview where Connor's like, I don't want to get squeezed from the one percent. <laughs> And, and and Greg is like less than one because one is the lowest number. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like Willa is starting to like Connor? Well, it's so that so right after that scene, Connor kind of gets more vulnerable with her, and he goes, "My family hates me." All this stuff, and then Willa kind of feels bad and goes, "Fuck it! <laughs> How yeah. bad can it be? Why not? We'll have fun." And then goes, "Says fuck it forever," which I thought was an amazing. Proposal yeah. acceptance. Uh, yeah. I mean, it has to be like that. I think she's starting to warm up to him. I mean, really though, like. She tolerates it. She tolerates Like, okay, she's got a good lifestyle here. Like. Yeah. I mean, I Will just, is like, Will is kind of a hero. Because there was also a, a point man, at which. A nice man. I believe he's like, I believe he's the least mean of the siblings. I'll say yeah. that. He, definitely. But even like. Willa, yeah, I mean, I think Willa's kind of Willa's, I think, kind of in like the best position of all of them because she doesn't really have to like do anything other than like be Connor's companion, which clearly she doesn't mind that much. And there was even an episode, remember when they go to the Pierces at at uh, Turnhaven, and 
this is why I'm like, why do I even like Tom? He's a piece of dick. He was so like rude to Willa. He says something about her like being an escort, and she's like, well, at least I'm only getting fucked by one member of this family. Yeah, right. And I'm right. like, she's underrated. So maybe she's not we, the best playwright, but we you know. rate you, Willa. Yeah, we rate well, that, you. That's the thing. Also, I think that Willa tried her like she in the last season. She tried to like see what else she can do as her, you know, career. She always yeah. wanted to be a playwright. She was funded beyond funded, and still it wasn't good. So she's like, "All right, well, fuck it forever. Like, I'm gonna just see what how bad can it be." Is really the funniest way to accept yeah. a proposal. And Connor's like, "Really?" <laughs> but also, I just, oh, and I loved it. Another funny Connor thing from from that episode was when he's telling the siblings that he found like maca root in one of mm. Logan's smoothie supplements. So he's like, that must mean he's trying to strengthen his sperm so he can have more kids. So then the the three other kids are like, shit, like that would eat into our inheritance. And they're like, he's fucking Carrie to have another kid. So I think that also just that was so emblematic of the way news spreads in this family and how uh-huh. they like everything is sort of about the shares of the company. And it's just really, it's fascinating the way they all sort of play into that dynamic. And Connor draws this assumption based on this one supplement. Yeah. 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 This is, yeah. He, he basically says maca root for his jism. And then he goes, look at all the walnuts he's been munching. And then, (laughs) and then, and then, then, um, what's his name? Roman goes, we need to kill this baby. And then I thought this was a great line. Shiv goes, finally, you found a worthy adversary. (laughs) (laughs) The two of them have the, see, I missed that. I didn't even like, that's so fucking funny. It's such good banter. But okay, so that, that's the next, that's the next like series of scenes is the wedding and like the pre-wedding and the wedding. And so you're, we're, we see that, okay, like Carl shows up, everybody shows up. They ask how the Wi-Fi is and Carrie, which we need to talk about Carrie because she's casually like not just his assistant. She's obviously hooking up with uh, with Logan, but she is like stands up against the kids and she has like a lot of quippy lines. Maybe she's pregnant. Like, and she could be pregnant. And she's also like, she goes, they go, how's the wife? And she goes, I sacrificed a few goats. So it seems to be working. She's a very like smart, funny character. Perhaps and- Logan's fourth wife. Perhaps Lo- Logan's fourth wife, and okay, I need to call out one of my favorite lines that happened in this in this pre wedding slash wedding scene, which was between Tom and Greg, and the whole the whole episode. Greg is just concerned between dating the Contessa and Comfrey, like juggling now these two women. His stock price has gone up. <laughs> <laughs> And so this conversation goes as, as follows. Greg basically goes up to Tom. He's like, I need to talk about the princess. Tom goes, she's a princess now. I thought she was a contessa. And Greg goes, yeah, well, I guess through her dad, she's like eighth in line for the throne of Luxembourg. And Tom goes, eighth in line? Greg, you marry her. You're a plane crash away from becoming Europe's weirdest king. <laughs> and then like a few lines later, Greg, uh, Tom goes, get in there, Greg. If Roman marries her, he'll invade France. <laughs> that was just the funniest to me. Like I re-listened to that a few times and I was just like, this is fucking why I love this show. It's just like endearing banter where they like love each, these two clearly love each other and they're making fun of each other, which is my favorite form of showing love. And (laughs) and I just, I just, I just thought it was so great. It really amazes me how they're able to fit so much plot and sort of irrelevant banter in as well. Uh It's really a skill.
Do you love making money, but also love spending money? Don't we all? Now you can make money while you spend it every time you shop with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. So you could buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code BETCHES when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code BETCHES. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code BETCHES. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If I had an extra hour in my day, I would definitely be napping more. I would watch more of my favorite shows. And most importantly, I would connect more with my loved ones. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time, but the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Personally, I've been to therapy for many years now, and nothing has helped me more than therapy and figuring out what are the priorities in my life, what are the things that I need to do to strengthen my relationships, to make the most of my day, and to make the most of my mental health. So I can't recommend therapy enough. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Okay, so after like this kind of pre-wedding slash wedding scene or after the wedding, because they, they rush through it, Logan doesn't come, so Kendall can come and it's all very exciting for Kendall. Just wants to be there for mom. And Shiv makes the most, uh, the worst speech ever. She's the most, she's exactly like her mother. And then they basically kind of put two and two together. They kind of figure it out. And then Roman says, well, actually, he admits that the conversation didn't actually go. It actually went weird. And that Matson did float the idea. And Schiff was like, you didn't fucking tell me this. You could have told me this before. And so then that's when it like they spring into action and they try to get Kendall and Kendall's like all sad and depressed. He's like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. And this is when they go into the back alley to talk about it. And the siblings in the back alley, which was a very, I thought, like emotional. Yeah. But, like real moment between all three of them. And this is what I thought. And I was, I was really ad- observing the three characters in relation to each other. And it was kind of interesting that I thought that Shiv didn't actually do or say anything to Kendall. She was just kind of like there by like touching his shoulder. But mm-hmm. Roman was the one who like, Kendall was having a full breakdown. He said, I killed the kid. He did the whole thing. And Roman was the one who was like, did you really like, if anything, you're an irresponsible. Ir- 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 I'm an irresponsible. Yeah. 
And he's the one who talks him down. And even in that moment at the end when like the three of them are fake, not hugging, but like touching. <laughs> like <laughs> in the triangle. She has, she, she has like her, the least amount of affection and touch. She just touches Kendall on the top of his head with her fingertips, not even her <laughs> full hand. But but Roman has his arms, like has his hands on his shoulders and then later puts his arm around him. And this is what I was thinking that like Roman really does have affection for his family, his siblings and Kendall and cares about like their well-being. But Shiv is a, she is the killer. Yeah. <laughs> Shiv is like the, Shiv is exactly like her mother and she is the killer. She has no emotion. And which in the end bites her in the ass because this is what leads Tom to betray her at the end. Um, but I, I really loved it. What did you think about this scene? I thought this scene was like, okay, also very visually like capture captivating mm-hmm. because when I envision the finale, this is the scene I envision them sitting in this dirt, uh, like alley. Yeah. Um, I think to your point about how Shiv is the killer, it's interesting because if 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 one of the I think maybe in a weird way, like any moment where they show emotion, the boys is is kind of a weakness for them. Like even in the end when Roman is like, I don't know, love, and yeah. and Logan's like, you come to me with love, yeah. <laughs> and so the the emotion for them is weakness. But in Shiv's case, the lack of emotional perception and the lack of like care towards anybody hurts her because it, I mean, honestly, like maybe it's like for a woman, like you do need to have that little bit of emotion, but for a man to have it is the weakness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just think that was like sort of an interesting comparison because the whole time you're thinking like, well, who is actually the most fit to run the company? I and think Kendall. You do? Yeah. But so, well, with the exception of his addiction. Why not like – And his oh, like – with the exception of his yeah, – why not well, like Roman exe- though? He can't. He just can't. Because he's he's too – he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand business. I don't know. It's not – it's not Roman. He's too much of a liability. They – all three of them have have their own way. And this is why – like Disqualifier. That disqualifies them for actually being. But I think Kendall, if it wasn't for like his – kind of need to jump and and just get there like if it wasn't for season one if if he was just like all right fine dad like I get it this is your company I can keep waiting as long as you know I'll keep working at it Mm -hmm. and like trying to prove to you that it's me like if he had been just instead of trying to take it from him because Mm -hmm. he's like has an addictive personality, he he kind of has this like rush. Like, and that's what they say in the interventions. Like, you crave the family drama. You crave wanting to take dad down. Like, it's sort of like this, he can't stop. So right. if it wasn't, if, if he had been just a little bit more like logical, which Logan is always, I think right. that, I think that Kendall understands the business and understands the way that Logan thinks the best. Shiv, though, I think yeah. is the least. Shiv, I think, is the least. I mean, besides Connor. Shiv yeah. is the least. <laughs> L- Roman but, next. And then I think Kendall next up. But still none can really do it. Well, here's the thing with Kendall. That also came up in the be- early in, in season three when he's like trying to get them to turn against Logan and then he sends the donuts. If Ke- Kendall, I think that where Kendall lost them on that plan was that he was going to put himself in charge, like automatically. Totally. Because because they were hearing him 
until he was like, and I would be in charge and you guys would just be like around. They're like, well, fuck that. Why would I do this so that you could be in charge? And yeah, I think you're right. Like his hunger for power or his hunger for position mm-hmm. is a big downfall for Station, him. Yeah. But I, I don't know. What Logan says about Roman, I think, is right. And I think it says something that like Jerry also believes in Roman. Yeah. Ro- I think Roman could act a little bit less like they being, all. If they all if they all could act a little bit less like themselves, they all would be good for the, but the reason why they are themselves is because they grew up with like such like privilege and wealth and like so it just and is because the way Logan, it is and because they keep reinforcing their own dynamic like and, yeah, being their around family. their family just makes them be more like themselves <laughs> makes it they worse. can't get out of it you know it's interesting i feel like we are like that in our own business <laughs> like we have our dynamic and it's i mean seriously like it is like a family business and you know obviously like it's you know, it's a good thing, but you, and we don't argue like they do and try to like unseat each other. And we're like also not a public company and there's no other weird people involved, but, but the point is like, it's a little less toxic, but the point is like you, you occupy a place in the dynamic and your strengths and weaknesses tend to solidify rather than evolve because you're in that dynamic. You've always been in being reinforced back and forth for the most again and again. But I mean, yeah, the, this scene. I thought this scene was great because there's a lot of great lines in the way that, like, and they all are just themselves, and just Roman saying "lighten up, glum, glum," and Candle's <laughs> <laughs> like, "I killed a kid," and he's like, "Who hasn't clipped a kid with a, po- a, a an odd kid with their Porsche?" And it was all just. It and was, he's like, you killed a kid once, Shiv. And she's like, yeah. 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 And then she goes, and then and then he takes it really far. And he's like, who's the real victim here? I waited three three quarters of an hour for a gin and tonic. <laughs> yeah. They were down a waiter. I mean, we have a whole, here's the thing, audience. We have a whole quote section, but we're just giving it giving away the farm right now. We're just going to give them all, the, all yeah. yeah. But so this, so then this leads them off to. Um, Russian on Logan. Because Laird calls Shiv and is like he was squeezed out and Laird is bitter and he calls Shiv and they get confirmation that Logan is trying to sell. And so this springs them into action. They get into the van and they all kind of are in the same playing field. And I thought like also Kendall probably feels a sense of huge relief and release that he got this big secret out there that his dad has been holding on to him as 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 just this has been his like leverage or over him. It's just been holding it against him. And everyone's like, it's not that bad. You didn't kill him. He killed him. The road killed him. Right. I (laughs) think it's a little weird that Kenzel didn't like come to that conclusion himself, but I don't know. It's very gossip girl where Serena, where Serena Vanderwin's like, I killed a man. He he was fucked up too. And his dad enforced it even further. Like, you know, it kept, it kept, it made him go there. Remember, mm-hmm. it was all very, he like kept him down. And so it was like another moment where, where Kendall got out from under his dad's like foot. And it was like, oh, actually maybe it can be okay. Like there is a light, like my siblings will still love me and accept me no matter what. So like he's Naomi like Pierce down- said, he likes him yeah. in his weakened state. Exactly. And so he feels like, okay, maybe I can help my siblings now. I'm not trying to win here, but I can help them. And so he realizes that, you know, they need their vote for a supermajority 
in the car and that's when they hack their plan and Shiv goes around asking people, how do we feel about killing dad? <laughs> right. She calls Tom and she tells him that they're going to do this. And then that leads to the biggest twist of them all, which, which is we didn't that- know was going to happen. Like when no. you said that, when you, when you said that you, Tom goes and tells Greg, the, at, watching it for the first time, I remember not understanding. You think that Tom is saying like, are you ready to get on with this Shiv train? Like we're going to be with yeah. the siblings. Yes. You don't know that it happens until when Shiv realizes it happens. And that was like such a fucking amazing twist twist and moment. Ugh. Yeah. Well, also, so let's talk about a little a little detail in that in that scene when Tom kind of flips on them. Yeah. So they're on their way back from the they're in this car on the way to go see Logan in his meeting. When he is Logan's sort of in this like back room with like a control room of the company that he's created. And he's getting, he's on the phone with Caroline, their mother. And it's clear that they had opened up the will or sorry, opened up their estate and he had redistributed shares to Caroline. The divorce agreement. Yeah. The divorce agreement. Right. So their whole supermajority plan wasn't going to work. But then it becomes clear that the reason that Logan found out he needed to do this was because Tom told him after. Shiv had called and that what he had been saying to to uh, Greg was not, do you want to get Logan? It's do you want to screw the siblings and be in Logan's good favor? And I think it's – this was so, so, so fascinating because they were on the phone with their lawyer, Rex Hendon, who is the lawyer who Logan gave to Tom to call when he was supposed to like take the fall for everyone earlier in the season with the DOJ. Once they were like safe with the DOJ, the first thing Logan says to Tom right after they find out they're sort of in the clear was, I will remember. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling that Tom sort of used this. And then I think he, I think when Kendall in midseason tried to meet with Tom in the diner to get him to turn before he knew he was going to get out of it, I think that his decision point there where he realized like everyone gets fucked except Logan was what made him sort of think, you know, Shiv doesn't give a shit about me. Logan never gets fucked. I might as well yes. look out for myself here. That, I totally agree with that. That and in that phone call, during that phone call, Shiv basically is not even talking to Tom. She's just bragging. Well, she says, she says we're going to get him with go- the super majority. He goes, well, what's going to happen to me? And yeah, she's goes, like, yeah, you'll be fine. What's my place in this, right? And yeah. he's like, yeah, some something high. And he's like, uh-huh, I see. And then she talks about like, well, ATN is going to like do make the announcement that Logan's gone soft or something like that. And in that moment, I remembered that Tom never wanted to work for Schiff. Remember when she was like, had that stint at the office where she was like doing stuff yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah and like no one no one believed it everybody even like Connor. Connor didn't but anyway he never really wanted to work for her so and in that moment she was like ordering him basically like what ATN's gonna do and she's like fuck this yeah and he's like I am not going down and I totally agree with you he's always just you have to stay on Logan's good side and he is smart like Tom is smart. Even in the first opening scene, she he's like he has to have like a Forbes interview, and Shiv like completely makes fun of him and saying, "Oh, you turn on the bigots, picket." He's like, "Well, that's actually pretty re- 
um, reductive. Um, actually, you can talk about all the things I have done for ATN. And and in that also in that conversation with, with Greg, like Greg obviously is going to go with him because he remembers that Tom would have was, was going to go to jail for him. Mm-hmm. And Tom is going to go to jail for Logan. Also, no one's looking out for Greg except Tom and maybe Ewan, who he screwed over. And no one's looking out for Tom. Right. No one's looking no out one for Tom. No one's looking out for Tom. So Tom has to look out for Tom. His wife is not looking out for him, clearly. And Tom probably understands, like, if you think about, you know, episode one or season one, Logan is Logan says to Shiv, like, you married a man far you're marrying a man far <laughs> below your station. And over time, I actually think Tom like proves himself to Logan. He makes himself into less of a joke. And it's because it's clear that Logan re- rewards loyalty and Tom is loyal at every step of the way. Tom is kind of like a little old school. And he respects the fact that also like what he has in common with Logan is that they also, nobody's looking out for them. Mm-hmm. Like both of them, lo- nobody looked out for Logan. He yeah. built this out of nothing. Nobody looks out for t- like, that's real adversity to a degree. But you could tell that like Tom is, has been has been working his way up season after season after season. And the other thing, part of that, that I saw on the HBO posted is two scenes. The one that um, you married a man fathoms beneath you. Yeah. And he also says, because he's never going to betray you. And then yeah. the next scene that they show on the HBO Insta was him betraying her. But here's and the thing. Tom, I don't think she would have, I don't think he would have betrayed her if she had ever once not betrayed him. She betrays him time after time within the show, within their relationship, with him in business. She's awful. She is so awful to him. And I don't think he would have betrayed her if she had like once been loyal to him in even the smallest way. But he, she's shown him over and over that she's actually going to – She's like, mean She was him. fine with him going to jail. And she wasn't even like consoling when he was like upset that he was going to go to jail for her father. She thought it was a good idea. Right. <laughs> at the at the the lunch, she was like, Tom should take, you know, Tom should get in trouble. It was, yeah, it was she deserves every second of that betrayal. Yeah. So that last scene, that last shot of the episode where Tom is trying to trying to console Shiv, but she can tell that he she puts it together that he had betrayed her second. because in that second, because she sees about a second earlier when Logan walks out of the room, he gives Tom like a pat on the back. She like, puts why it is together. He even there, yeah, right. She puts it together that he had when she called Tom, he actually ran to Logan, which precipitated this whole thing with the supermajority and the shares and Caroline and the super. You need the supermajority. You need the supermajority. <laughs> Birdie Gray has always been known for their chic and affordable bridesmaids dresses, but this spring they've got something extra special for the bride, little white dresses. So starting today, you can shop their entire collection of little white dresses, LWDs. Fun fact, they've teamed up with vlogger and bride-to-be Laura DIY for this collection, which I might say is perfect for bachelorette parties, bridal showers, and kind of everything in between. So let's talk trends for a second. Thanks to TikTok and Instagram, pre-wedding parties have become almost as big as the wedding itself. And believe me, Birdie Gray knows the pressure to find the perfect look for each event. That's why they have a range of styles from oversized bows, to fun pearl accents, to sexy satin miniskirts and feather trims. Speaking of trends, they also have a pair of mesh opera gloves with pearls that will look super cute with any of these dresses. 
And as if Birdie Gray dresses weren't already affordable, these little white dresses are all under $150. So visit www.birdiegray.com to peek at their latest bridal collection. That's B-R-I-D-Y-G-R-E-Y.com. Happy shopping. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Okay, that would be a good time to move on to our next segment, which is we're calling HR Nightmare. And that is where we pick our favorite quotes from the show. Nice memes, good memeage, and and uh, so on. There were a ton of incredible lines in the last episode. Aileen, what was your favorite line in the finale? I mean, I know we've kind of... I told you what like I thought was like the funniest, my favorite little like moment of dialogue with like the... Like you're playing crash away from being Europe's weirdest king. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I thought, and you know, earlier in this, this episode of ours that I was like trying to figure out what my favorite scene was, but my favorite scene just that I felt like just tingles was the last scene when Logan just basically tells them like all the reasons why they're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe, I don't know if this is my favorite quote, but when he says, um, make your own fucking pile, like that to me was, maybe it's not like the funniest quote, but it was just like the whole point and the essence of everything. Like there's also well, a lot the of- setup, The setup to that I think was really good because they're, the kids are trying to say to Logan, like, what does the money even matter to you? This is what he says. Logan says, this is the best moment to sell. If I don't do the best deal at any given point, what's the point of anything? And then he basically says that he's leaving five bill on the table. And Kendall goes, what are you going to do with another five bill? Put it on your other pile of like- a bill. Of, of bills. And, he, and then they ask, like, what about them? And he goes, make your own fucking pile. And so I loved that. Because it was just like the whole point of everything. Like, like you don't even understand. And then he also follows up with, he's doing it to get himself and you assurances for the future. Because if you pull your, their own like desire for like their inheritance, for like they're taking over this business. If you take it out and you look logically like Logan is, he knows that they're going to run the business to the ground. And that business is going to be worth nothing Yeah, if they are running it. So what's the point of anything if you're not making the best deal at any moment? So he's deciding. He feels it in his bones. That was also my favorite line. I feel it in my bones. I say it in my head all the time. <laughs> and I, <laughs> it was just, this is the moment. 
like, and that's the moment that he looked out into Lake Como. He's like, this is the moment. And, and I was just like, yeah, Logan's been right this whole time. He's doing everything for the business. And the business is the, is also the future of the family. Right. I mean, it's also emblematic of the fact that like at any point they could have just decided they don't want to be the successor and take some of their inheritance and start their own business. And that's also part of his point is like, make your own fucking pile. But he probably has this blind spot that he doesn't even realize that he kind of forces them to stay in. All right, Sammy, what was your favorite quote or moment? Souls are boring. Boo souls. (laughs) That was just the best part. That was the best part when uh, Tom asks Greg, are you ready to sell your soul? And he's like, what am I going to do with this soul anyway? anyway. That was my favorite scene and my favorite line for sure. What I also thought like during that scene was that they like the dynamics were really good in that like Greg's ego was just soaring in this episode. And he even said things like even right before that, that it it was so out of Greg's character. Like He was uh, comparing – Contessa, the Contessa to Comfrey. And then another really funny line while we're doing funny lines was Tom being like the the man the man who was dying of thirst is suddenly a mineral water critic. Oh, I didn't see any catch that. He was saying that in reference to uh the fact that Greg was jumping from Comfrey to the Contessa really mm-hmm. just very quickly. Yeah, it was it was really good. But then Tom like puts him in in his place and he's like, You fucked up? The congressional hearing, oh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and and like it was just like Tom – and then Greg's like, yeah, I guess. And he's like, where – what's in it for me basically? You know, I he goes, I have Bright Star Buffalo <laughs> in my right pocket. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> and, then, and then Tom says a great line. He says, you could be heading away from the endless middle and coming to the bottom of the top. And he goes, bottom of the top. <laughs> and he goes, could I get my own – Greg, <laughs> you could have twenty. It was so such that a was, good, you could have such 20. a good like rapport, and and then he does, and it like sets him up for the Boo Souls line. But for us as watchers for the first for that first scene, you think that he's gonna go with Shiv, but yeah, he's really just thinking, and he's it's going so with good, Logan. It was, and so to good. think that just like a year ago, Greg was vomiting out of the costume of a theme park mascot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like Greg Greg has no like qualms with like you know negotiating his way to the top or just like not sleeping his way to the top but making deals. No. no or the was, bottom could, of the top. <laughs> could I even get my own Greg? You could, could I even 20. you could have 20. That was it was great. So and then he goes funny. he's 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 a Greg Weiler, Tom's attack dog. It was just, it was great. But um, we could just perform the scenes ourselves on. Yeah, the, I think the I would podcast. love to just re redo this. It's like, how do they do every fucking line? Is a zing. It's just so good. It's so good. But okay, yeah. let's go to our next segment, which is called "We Rate You." Um, he rates you. He rates no, no. He rates you. Um, it's each week we're going to nominate characters and scenes of three different categories. And so we're going to like basically choose the same categories. We're going to choose characters for the same three categories every episode. It's like an award, a mini award show. Uh, prelims. Okay. So I'll introduce the categories. Our first category is my number one boy. And that is who we have crowned the winner of the week, the best person in the episode. Our second category is called out of the will. They're the loser of the episode. 
makes a lot of sense. And then we have the bore on the floor. And that is the winner of the most uncomfortable or cringe-inducing moment. So it could be a person who did the thing or a scene that was just very uncomfortable. Okay, so who's your number one boy? You're my number one boy. Okay, my number one boy in this in this episode is Logan. Like, I want to say Tom, but it really is Logan. Like, he has you beat. <laughs> he beat everybody. He, even though he was like, it wasn't his wedding, he was the star of the episode. He, he was in every important scene, like with the... Matson conversation and all of that. And in the end, when he he goes, you're toy soldiers. And it's just, it's just, he, he's my, he's my number yeah, one. Yeah, the toy soldiers. You're playing little toy soldiers. You're playing yeah. toy soldiers. Um, my number one boy is Hans Christian Anderfuck because oh. he's the one who just acquired a huge company and True. is now going to dominate media. I mean, if you think about it, like he navigated that conversation so with so much savvy. He that's the way he navigated the, their dynamics. Because if you think about it, like it wasn't the first scene of this type where you had Roman going with one of his sons to go see like an investor. And what happens in in that, in each of those scenes, is that the outside investor, in the other scene, it was Josh with Kendall, they're able to sort of like basically act as like a wrench between the father and the son because that mm-hmm. tie is already so unstable. And they're, they end up being the ones who like win out in those situations. So I think the winner is uh, I think it's Hans Christian Anderfuck. You know, it's also interesting in that birthday episode, Kendall's birthday episode, he pitches to Matson. To Matson, I want to call him Eric because he's from True Blood. Yeah, I he, he pitches to Matson that he should buy, Gojo should buy them, and right. like he pitches that a long time ago. That's why. That's why I like think that Kendall understands the he understands, but he just doesn't know how to do it really. But. Yeah, I I see what you're saying. Matson did win out, and he had such a great. Also, his quote about you, Zuckerberg, you know Zuckerberg, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. yeah. When you think about all the three kids, in they each have a quality that if you put them together and like they worked in concert, they could actually be really good at the business. Because, for example, Kendall's forward thinking, and he realizes that Gojo should acquire them. Roman is actually good at kind of like navigating those conversations and making them happen. And Shiv understands the political landscape and how to not totally get like fucked by the DOJ. So when you think about it, like they actually all could run it together if they would like run work as a team, but they don't. Which is what they said in the car. Like remember when Roman was like not to be all disgusting um, that we could actually be a good team. All right. Who is out of the will for you, Sammy? Fuck off. Shiv is out of the will for me because she couldn't even keep her own husband on lock. Like you're (laughs) like you are literally such an asshole to your own husband that you push him away that he screws you for the particular reason that he even married her in the first place. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, she was – She's who's the biggest lo- loser of this episode? Yeah, Shiv got fucked. She, she It's really... not even that she got fucked. Like, she fucked up. If she had had yeah. any respect for Tom at any point, he would never have done this to her. Yeah. He did this as a last straw. Like, she pushed him into this. 
I think also that my out of the will and bore on the floor is connected. <laughs> Bullshit. Bore on the floor. <laughs> because the most humiliated person or the most like uncomfortable, cringy moment was Shiv. Like her extreme confidence in all of this made me so uncomfy. Like in the car when she's like, we're just going to do it. We're just, he's, he's out and talking about the ACN headlines. I'm like, and then in the, in the, it, when they were confronting Logan, she was like the one when she was like, Oh, but you need a super majority. And he's like, eh, you need a super yeah. majority. And like, and Kendall was actually kind of silent during that, but Shiv like over overplays her hand a lot. And like because her personality's so entitled. And it just to me, both of those things came hand in hand. Like she was so uncomfortable. And then you see it when she when she sees Tom. But then also at the end, like, she cries for herself. She doesn't cry for anything, anybody else. She just cries for herself. But um, a lot of people speculated that she's pregnant, actually, this whole time. Do you remember that theory? Yeah. Yeah. I, were people... Why were people what, speculating that? Let's she get into like, that in the theory. Let's get into the okay. theories. What, I agree so what, with what's your, your bore on, on the, the floor? floor. Honestly, like, that's the the... The super minority was my because that was the funniest part. Of that was the most, most humiliating, part. most humiliating part. Yeah, I mean, I think there. I'm trying to think if there were other moments. Like, I think it was sort of. I think maybe like Peter Munyon's whole existence is pretty interesting because when you think about how he's just this guy. If you remember, Roman found out that his, their mother was marrying this guy. She, they thought he, she was still dating that guy Rory, so. This man, Peter Munyon, like his existence in this whole thing is weirdly pivotal because he's obsessed with Logan and getting closer to Logan. Meaning, he's the like, one at the end, he got. I'm not he saying wanted. he's. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, that's why I'm. I'm. I'm just saying he's another sort of. I'm saying he's like cringe. You know what I yeah. mean? Like his his desperation is cringe. All right, we are at our last segment. It is called the forecast. We're gonna make. We're basically we're gonna be making predictions every episode. This is a little – this one will be a little shorter because it's the – you know, we're just doing the finale. But Aileen, what were you going to say about the Shiv questionable pregnancy? So a lot of people speculated that Shiv is pregnant because she – in a previous episode, but still in Italy, she like said no to champagne very casually mm-hmm. when the waiter came over. And then in that last – very last scene when like Tom puts his arms on her, when she has her hand on her like uterus – like her lower mm-hmm. abdomen. And those are all like kind of signs. But I don't think that she's – and then she's also weird when he – when Tom goes like, we're thinking about freezing. And she's like, uh-huh. Like I, I, I don't think that she's pregnant. But I could also see it. Okay. Because that's why she feels even more fucked betrayed. up. More betrayed. Well, she could be pregnant and he doesn't know. That's what I mean. Which no, would be – He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Yeah. Okay, I think that's very interesting. I want to make a prediction that somebody is pregnant. Maybe it's Carrie. Maybe it's Shiv. I, I'm so interested to watch Carrie's whole arc, like just to yeah, see what she happens to Carrie. She's interesting. She's she's there. She was there going to the Matson meeting. She's just always there. She's working things out. Um, this whole season's going to be obviously it's the last season, so it's going to be fucking crazy. 
And the fact that they felt like they needed to end it now is meaningful and telling. Like, this is, like, where we have to close it off. We don't want this to drag on. Well, apparently the the showrunner wasn't entirely sure that he wanted to end it Mm -hmm. here. And he was – he didn't tell the cast that it was definitely the end until – it was the end until the yeah. end. So they didn't like act this season necessarily assuming that it was the end. All right. We are so excited to see what happens. And that is it for this week's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Let us know in the reviews what you think of this episode. We are so excited to do these every week. And we're going to have new episodes every single Monday for as long as the show is going on, not like forever, but as long as the show is on. So be sure to subscribe right now so you don't miss an episode. You can follow me at Aileen. Follow me at Sammy, and until next Monday, we here for you. ATM, we here for you. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, Rebecca Sosmacat, and Aliza Zim. Editing by Basilio Perez. Be sure to follow at Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Betches.